0: In this episode of Man Vs. Marriage, it's about lessons I've learned as a father lately. In gratitude. Two-part title. Man Vs. Marriage Nation. It's the q dog. You just heard the show title. It's one of those times where we thought we were going to talk about something. And then... The conversation evolved into a different direction. So while it's kind of about lessons I've learned as a parent in gratitude, it really changes into something more right now in the moment for Jeannie and I, which has to do with drawing boundaries. So understand that. Get into the episode. Send me your feedback. Quincy at MVSMpodcast.com. This is an incredible show and really, really helped Jeannie and I move forward in some situations in our life. So, now, go get into this episode. I'm sure that, uh, I'm sure you would be stoked. Alright, I'm out. Welcome back to another episode of Man Vs. Marriage. It's I, Quincy Moran, Quincy w. Moran. In the Moran family studio with my lovely wife, Jeannie. Honey, what's up? A, B, C, D, F, G. H, I, J, K. L, M, N, O, P. <laughs> that was a good one. I do not know how, where that was going to go, but it worked out.
1: Notice you stopped on Q. Of course you did.
0: Well, you're supposed to go next, and you didn't, so thanks for that. But anyway, we got some stuff to talk about, and today we're going to talk about some hard things to talk about. That doesn't really make sense, but you'll get the picture here.
1: Hard things are hard talks. These are two separate objects here.
0: Um this is not a hard talk. Okay, good. This is a hard thing to talk about.
1: Okay. I can do that. Because I'm
0: kind of exposing some of my negative self talk. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So you know, I I want I want to live a life of gratitude. I want to be thankful for the things, but there are some times where the pressures uh, in life or the moments in life, those types of things, chaos or whatever you call it, they can steal your attention and have you focused on whatever the chaos might be. And it's not good chaos. It can be really bad chaos. It can be, you know, whatever is screaming the loudest in your life. You can allow that to define the moment that you're in. And I... Don't like to do that. I do not like to allow the moment to define my attitude and how I act towards people. And I've got a lot of a lot of times where I'm pretty darn good at it. I seem to be the worst at it at home, which is not fair to the family. Um, and we got a lot of attitude going around this house right now. But hey, you know, with eight women and two men, I can say that now.
1: I think right now... We've had a lot of change over the last six months, but I think right now we're kind of shifting into another, mm-hmm. like, major change point, mm-hmm. and it's bringing everybody kind of to a head. I noticed, um, you know, I'm, I'm preparing for some stuff for myself, and it's going to put you in charge of a few things, and the kids are like, <laughs> they're not really sure what to do with that. Mm-hmm. And right now there's a lot of um, frustration because my schedule is all over the place and people want, you know, can we do this? And I need you to bring me here and I need you to do this and I need you to do that. And my answer lately has had to be, if I'm available, I'll do it. But if dad's not in town, then you're just going to have to get what I can give you because I'm one person running eight other people Mm -hmm. and myself. And whatever you need done, I I can only do so many things. And now we're getting ready to be, you know, I'm not going to be doing things for a little while. And everybody's going, wait, so dad's going to be handling. It's like, Mm -hmm. oh, yeah, your dad's off for a while. And he's going to be handling everything for a little bit. And everybody's going, hmm. Because usually when you're home, Mm -hmm. things shift a little bit. Yeah, they do. And it's because I am always all over the map and I don't always catch every little thing that's going on until it becomes a problem or until I get pissed off about it and then it's, you know, everybody knows about it. So now that you're home and you're not here all the time and you'll be seeing things, I'm sure people are going to be antsy.
0: They might be. I, I pray it develops a greater level of appreciation for what you do because I do things different.
1: It will, but I think it will also um, help because a lot of the time um, they think that I'm kidding when I say, your dad's going to be upset. This this needs to not happen because da- it will freak your dad out. We can't do this. And it's like, oh, well, you know, he won't be home till this day. Or what if we do it this way? And it's not major things, but it's just you like. You got me
0: curious. I don't even know what you're talking it's about. It's like
1: spending money or, or doing stuff and, you know, getting kind of like antsy that we're not doing things their way. You know, the Uber and the car and the gas. This is somebody who's playing both sides of the coin because the conversation was had with you and then the conversation was had with me. Now, your way of handling it was a lot nicer than mine because I was pretty straightforward and blunt with, no, you owe me first.
0: Yeah, it was pretty straightforward. And, uh. um,
1: well, and I'm more colorful in how I explain things than you are. We'll put it that way. Not because I'm I'm cussing at them, but because... I'm the one being used for all the rides. I'm the one being used for all my time. The least you can do is be considerate enough when I tell you no to just accept that it's no. There doesn't have to be a long-drawn explanation of, well, you would let this person, or what about this, and why can't I? Look, dude, you're old enough. If you don't like the rules, you don't like the way it's maintained, figure it out Mm -hmm. and, and... You know do your thing Mm -hmm. i'm not trying to force anybody but at the same time i'm only one person
0: well i mean you volunteered yourself and i would say that you're doing everything you can to accommodate everything that's brand new and the differences um in everybody's schedule and you work hard to accommodate getting them to and from and the older girls you know one of them's learning how to drive now and the three younger girls are all learning how to drive and it it has to do with the maturity thing well, and, and I responsibility
1: th- i think the difference though is i'm i bend more when it comes to rearranging my schedule i put my stuff on the back burner and i rearrange things to help them get whatever it is they're trying to get it's in my nature it's something that i'm trying to change not because i don't want them to do things but because i'm putting myself on the back burner way too much Yeah, And I need to, it it puts me in kind of a, a, a weird situation because there's part of me that's arguing with myself on my lack of value for myself because I'm putting everybody else ahead of me. And then there's the other side that's, but I'm a mom and this is what I signed up for and this is what I'm supposed to do. And then the middle ground is, but some of these people are old enough to do for themselves and there needs to be a, a little bit of a give there of you need to be responsible to take care of your own things so that I can be responsible to take care of my own things. And it's finding that middle ground. Whereas for you, you have set things that you do for yourself mm-hmm. that do not change. These are non-negotiable. So for them to want to do things or need to be taken places, there, I think the, the hesitation is if it's between this time and this time and it messes up your routine or your gym time or whatever it is you have set, this is a no. Take an Uber, but I'm not going to be available. Or, you know, th- it's it's very different because I bend and you don't. Mm-hmm. But I'm not at the place you're at yet. I'm trying to get there, and I, I think that's what makes it a little bit difficult. That's a lot of rambling to explain. We're just very different in how we do things, and I think they're kind of getting antsy about it.
0: Yeah, I th- I mean, for for what we're looking at, we're gosh, I mean the show could really just be about boundaries to tell you the truth, because <laughs> um, we have to create we wor- have to reset them is what it is, yeah, and you you don't have to put yourself or them on the back burner, you just have to draw boundaries to say okay this is this is non negotiables here, no matter what sob story or how much you know how many times the waves crash, the answer's no, and that's just where I'm at now I'll be very flexible for you, you know what I'm saying, yeah, and I'll I'll do as much as I can for the kids. Um, I mean, I'm the king of, or at least I used to be the king of like, you know, inspirational or whatever word I'm looking for. What's the word I'm looking for? It's like doing something in the moment. It starts with an I. <laughs> eh. Whatever that I word is. Impulsive? It, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's impulsive, but it is. Let's just say impulsive until I figure it. Once, once I'm done recording this, I'm going to say, oh, here's the word. <laughs> anyway, I'm the, I'm the king of doing something that's impromptu and, and doing it in the moment. I just am, or I used to be, and now it's a lot different. Um, because I, just to be very forthcoming, I run my schedule on guilt. And the reason I do that is I, if I'm not doing enough for work, I feel guilty if I'm not at home enough, I feel guilty. So I find myself in a perpetual place of guilt. Mm-hmm. And it's been very hard for me. Uh, whereas, you know, just lately I've said, okay, um, I'm going to reject guilt and shame in my life because I'm using them as tools. I'm using them as weapons to bash myself with. Um, because I know when I'm at home, uh, When I'm at home, um, nothing, because I work plenty. Gosh, if I do anything, I work plenty. And then when I'm traveling and I'm on the road, which is what I meant to say, when I'm on the road, I know that at least one night or two nights, you're here to handle our two children with disabilities, like extreme disabilities, by yourself. And I feel terrible laying in a hotel, most of the time it's quiet, Um, in a bed, it's dark, nobody's knocking on my door, calling my name, and I lay there and just feel extremely guilty about it because you're here fighting the fight. And I hope I give you enough appreciation and you know how much I appreciate that because I'm off in Tulsa or Oklahoma City or Arkansas or Ponca City or Bartlesville or... Fort Smith, just everywhere, mm-hmm. you know, or Lubbock, whatever. I'm I'm out on the road one and a half or two days a week, and so I've been battling this guilt both ways. And I'm like, man, it's uh. And I also see that you know I'm doing I'm actually doing less for myself because I'm trying to be all things to all people just in this home, mm-hmm. um, and you know taking on. The responsibility with which I love, the responsibility of teaching the girls how to drive. So there's, I'm complaining to you in the in the bed the other night, you know, where it's like, there's no time for me, mm-hmm. and you're like, well, fool, you're the one that make, is making <laughs> the schedule. Quit whining. That's paraphrased. <laughs> um, and I'm like, well, that's not it. And then it's like, yeah, that's it.
1: That's but see, it. I do the same. So here's here's the weird part. I function off guilt in a different way because if I leave the kids home to watch the two specials, I feel guilty because I'm doing something for myself and I'm leaving my responsibility on them. And they're, God love them. They go above and beyond to help, but it's a lot to put on them, especially if one of them has a bad day Mm -hmm. or going to do something for myself and feeling like there are 10 other things I could be doing at home or that need to be done and I'm out doing this. It's really hard for me. I mean, just as simple as getting on a treadmill for an hour. I can't shut my brain off on all the crap that needs to be getting done. Mm -hmm. And then I'm fighting with, so am I really getting my workout in? Or am I just going through the motions? Because I'm not really there in the moment. I'm there, but I'm in my head. And, you know, if PJ was standing next to me, she'd be shouting at me because you need to focus. I need to focus on what I'm doing not what needs to be done I get to where if I spend the day painting the only time I feel comfortable painting is when you're home and I can like step away from everybody but even then I get antsy because everybody's doing stuff that I should be doing it's really really weird when they're not sleeping I can't sleep If I fall asleep and they're not sleeping, I feel bad because I'm sleeping and they're not. And they can't slow their brain down. There's nothing I can do to stop that. So then my brain goes on a loop because they can't sleep. So I can't sleep because I'm constantly back and forth with what they're doing.
0: Well, they also create mayhem when they don't sleep. Well, yeah. And they're unattended. If
1: you're not on them. Yeah. But it's like, I don't feel bad when you leave. I don't. I mean, that, that part for me is like, well, at least you're getting sleep because you drive a lot that's a worry for me because you're on the road the other day going through the, the tornado warning. I'm dealing with the stuff here, but my real concern is where the hell are you on the road? And where is this going? Because I don't know this area enough to know, are you safe? I can handle this. It it's yeah. I know you're looking at me funny, but the truth of the matter is when I got to the older girls and said, Hey, Hey, this is what's up. Everybody went into family mode, I guess is the word, like we did with the earthquake. Everybody grabbed the kid that you're responsible for and make shit happen. And we did. And when we got down into the closet, they were cracking jokes and making fun and say, I mean, just your morbid humor is alive and well in the Moran children because we were down there being stupid. And the whole time, the girls were expecting me to blow up and freak out and panic. And I was nervous, but I wasn't freaking out to the point where, you know, somebody had to calm me down. And we were constantly on the phone with you making sure where you were. But though, it's just, for me, it's like if I'm not handling things for them, I feel bad. Like, I'm not doing my job. I signed up to be at-home mom. So when things don't happen, but I do the same thing, the grocery bill. The shopping, the, 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 when finances are screwed up, I take guilt for all of it, whether it's my fault or not, because this is what I signed up for. So if it's not working, it's me. And when I try to do stuff for myself, it's like, yeah, but then this is going to fall away or that's going to have to be pushed back or this kid's going to have to wait a while when you, it's the dumbest thing. But when you tell me they can wait at work for 30 minutes, Mm -hmm. it's not going to kill them to sit there and wait for you for 30 minutes. I hate it. It freaks me out because I, I could get there and pick them up. This could wait. I, I could totally, this could wait. I could just go pick them up. I fight with myself. It is the dumbest thing. It's not going to hurt them. Mm-mm. But I told them I would be there. And I hate when I have to make them wait or have to make them walk home because I can't be there for something. You know, not being able to get to Anisa's races this year, I was good I got to every single one of them except the last one. The whole way to my appointment for the DMV, I was crying. Mm. I missed it. That's why I was sending the text. I sent the text to Coach. Please tell her this for me Mm -hmm. because I can't see it, but I'm there. I swear I'm there. Everything that she's doing, we missed so much when the older ones were tiny because we just couldn't do it. Mm -hmm. There was too many too many and not enough money and not enough time and I couldn't balance everything while you were working it just it just wouldn't work now I feel like the older ones missed a bunch and the little ones are getting more but I can't miss anymore I cannot make myself miss anymore
0: well there's nothing there's nothing you're missing for the older ones now and for the past few years there's nothing you've missed. I've missed things because I've been traveling, but if we break our neck to show up to places like I broke just examples earlier this year. It's like I got a six or seven hour drive, but I'm gonna I'm gonna stay and be a part of whatever this thing is, and I'm gonna leave in the evening because I know how it feels not to have somebody in your corner, mm-hmm. like what we're doing tonight. We're going up to this game. It's like, hey, dude, your family. I want you to have somebody. There yeah you know you're working but I want you to know you got support there you're this close we, we need to be there yeah. to support you and so you know I don't know how we take a step back um, and start to create these types of boundaries and like make sure that you and I are congruent and then take it. And put the plan out to the kids, um, because they, of course they all have things that they want to do, and that's great.
1: Well, but so do we <laughs> true,
0: and there's only so much. There's only so much that can be done with negotiations and workarounds. You can actually get a lot more done, but I think I overplan. I still accomplish things but to myself I've underperformed because I I haven't accomplished everything.
1: Well, and we're it's a matter of of being spread thin because you're doing all the things that you want to do, but you're not being able to put in the full effort. At least that's how I feel. It's like I'm I'm getting everywhere where everyone where they need to go. I'm I'm doing everything that I need to be doing, but at the same time there's all these things that didn't get done or got done half-assed because I just didn't have the energy or I just didn't have enough of myself left to give at the end. So instead of giving 30 minutes, I might have given 15, you know, and I don't – it's hard because I'm very, very purposeful and intentful when it comes to – intentional, when it comes to like making sure that you and I have time and that I'm getting – when little ones – or older ones say, hey, I need mom time. It's like, okay, I'm going to mm-hmm. take this one and we're going to go do. I'm trying to be very, very intentional with that. But it's really hard to do with everything else we've got going on. And when you you go do that and then you come home and you're like, dude, I just, I don't have enough energy to be all I need to be in all these other areas. I mean, hell, I'm falling asleep trying to drive people eight, mi- eight minutes from the house.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> that's not because you're spread too thin, that's because you don't get sleep. Exactly. But I I I'm, I'm I'm living more and more on the code of be where your feet are. And there's only so much all of us can do. By the way, the word was spontaneous. That's the w- it was not a word that started with i earlier in the program. It was started with s. I was the king I of spontaneous. I still think impulsive
1: fits, but that's okay. Yeah, well,
0: you're wrong right. and I'm right and that's the way it is. Be right. Mm-hmm. I will. And I won't be alone because okay. you're here. Mm-hmm. Um, so with that, you know, it's um, it's almost like it's time to plan less and truly accomplish more and be where your feet are. And we have yet, we talk about it all the time, but we haven't mastered sitting and doing the calendar together. Like carving an hour's worth of time out once a week we usually do it on the fly and something's getting missed so it's like how long do you complain about something this is me talking to me not me talking to you how long do you complain about something without actually fully addressing it and doing it mm-hmm. um, so that's where we have to draw a boundary and say this is a non-negotiable but we've got to pick a certain amount of things that are non-negotiable because they're, and really it comes down to part of my life philosophy is control what you can control. Focus on things you personally can affect. And then the rest of the things that are going on will somehow begin to fall in line because you can't control everything. And if you if you have a, a like a great sense of management and accomplishment, if you try to overextend that, now it becomes a weakness because you're trying to take too many things on. And if you can't compartmentalize those things, then other pieces of your life begin to suffer. Because we moved to Texas, I'm thinking, man, we're going to fish? And I'm going to get back into hunting. Mm-hmm. No freaking way. Not yet. I wanted a hunter to, to get into the Special Olympics. No freaking way. But I'm building a territory. So, I, like you say, and I'm the one that's like, oh, give ourselves this much time. And then I'm like kicking myself in the balls because I'm not further ahead. So... Thank God for you, for more reasons than that. So what are what are we going to do? How are we going to sit and, and really carve out boundaries um, so you get what you need and you still feel accomplished and, you know, the folks in the house still get, you know, and, and, and I would say six months or so when these girls can drive.
1: That will shift things a lot, but they're that that's kind of where I'm at right now is I'm, I'm looking at I'm making my plans for the next year my 45th birthday is coming up in June that's six months away I have plans for myself over those six months and there are some limitations in there because of what's coming and I know that so I'm kind of I'm one of those people that has to have control but at the same time I don't control shit so I I do the best that I can, but there are a lot of variables moving at any given moment. And the two most prominent can wipe out a plan on a dime. Yeah. So what I've begun to do is I've started talking with the kids to say, okay, from January 1st until December 31st, I have to take a full year to focus on some things that I need for myself. And that means you four people, seriously need to start learning to drive not just getting behind a wheel every once in a while but i mean i seriously need you to be studying this and getting ready because um you know fia just started a new job which i'm all kinds of proud of her for because Mm -hmm. the girl is not very outgoing and in the last six months being here the changes are amazing to me and i love it pretty incredible and she has a plan And now, so when she got her job, I said, look, because originally (laughs) I was excited because Hannah was working and she moved from her previous job to one closer to home. And I was thinking, yes, no more 10 p.m. driving (laughs) that lasted two weeks. And then Sophie came home and said, I have a job, but I have to work till 10 p.m. because I'm 17 and I go to high school. These are their rules. I was like, well, crap. Okay, fine. We'll make it work. But then she and I got to talking and I said, look, I need you guys to help pick some of the slack up because this is killing me driving at night all the time when they're not sleeping. Mm -hmm. And then on the days that you're out of town, I got to get up at O dark 30. I mean, now Grace is coming home saying they're going to start her at 4 a.m one of her shifts. I said, y'all are smoking or you're going on an Uber because I don't even open my eyes that early in the morning because I'm barely getting to sleep. I
0: was going to say technically a lot of times (laughs) at 4 a.m. you're still awake.
1: So I, you know, I had to kind of take each one individually in the car driving somewhere and say, look, so if I need you to be ready to get your driver's license in February, I know it's a lot to take on because she's not quite road ready. She, she's close but I don't. I think she's close with understanding the mechanics of it. I think she is scared for more reasons than just being behind the wheel of a car and other people driving. She's got some other concerns with what happens if the shunt doesn't work? What happens if a seizure comes back? What happens if? Hmm. So we're kind of working through, we don't have what ifs anymore. You know, that's, I get it. So I just told her, I said, I, I need you to be ready. To take your driver's test at the end of February because that's when her permit should be done. Six months, they, they have to have their permit for six months before they can get their test. And um, she was like, "Well, okay, I'll see what I could do." So we we've, we've been I just kind of put the idea in her head. I'm like, "I I really really need the twins to push that because they want to do next year for for their senior year. They're going to be splitting between two campuses. She's going to be working a job. Joe wants to get a job." It's like, guys, I can't, I can't. I'm one person, I just can't. And the older ones, I you know, I got with Gracie the other day and just said, you need to finish out your driving school. Mm-hmm. It's gonna expire. If you're not gonna finish it, then you need to let work know that you can't work on these days because you need to go to driving school for two months and you need to get your license. This is, I, I can't be doing this like that or you're going to be taking 60 bucks a week to take an Uber back and forth because mm-hmm. I need to take some of this off my plate. In the next six months. The other ones I'm, I'm trying to push. You know, Hannah being right down the street is great. I was like, you work the hours that you could walk and it's not dangerous. So work good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's a straight shot. There's no concern of her getting lost. Yeah. You know, Ash on the same way. It's like, if you keep saying you want to get a new job, great, get a new job. But I need you to focus on what you can do. Because right now you're saying, well, I can't work here because you can't drive me there that's a you issue not a me issue get your license
0: yeah and there's plenty of places around here to work but
1: it's it's getting them to understand and telling them look in six months you're going to be paying to help i'm not asking you for a lot but you are going to pay to help because this burden is now getting to the point where if you're not going to school and we're paying for everything you've got to help you know, with the time thing and the driving thing, if, if you don't want to pay me gas money, learn to drive. Yeah. You know, wanting to use our car as a pleasure vehicle.
0: Oh, that's just, that's that's, just a different world right but there. But it's
1: like you want to do all these things and I'm I'm more than happy to see them spread their wings and do their thing. But I need you to realize that you are taking from me now. When we get to that one-year point, my birthday is when we got here. That's our one-year point. So my birthday, everything has to switch because that's the second half of my six months for this year.
0: Yeah, and that's part of the boundaries that we're talking about. And look, maybe uh, this this episode is not what it was supposed to be, but we're (laughs) just going to keep going with it. Maybe you've been through this part and you have teenage and adult children, and you can give us some pointers on what this looks like. If you do, great. Send them in. You know the email address, quincy at mvsmpodcast.com. Maybe you have young kids, and you have not yet gotten to this place, and no matter where you are, 97 countries around the world, something like this is coming for you if you're a parent. And I don't want to discourage you from being a parent because it's awesome. But you you just don't stop growing just because you have kids and your kids get older. Now there are new waters to navigate, and mm-hmm. it's okay. It's okay. It's It can be frustrating in the beginning. But that's why you have these kinds of talks with your spouse to understand what boundaries are we going to create because you don't know what you need until you know what you need. You just don't know. And when things are happening, it's like, oh, I'm I'm not okay with this, or I'm going to do my best, but it starts to wear on you. You have to take a step back and recalibrate what you're doing. And that's where that's where we are now because I'm the one, you know, the older girls, I told them they needed to invest in driving school, and I would loan them the money, and they could pay me back. None have taken advantage of that for me. Now, if I told the younger girls that, just the difference in them, they probably would have jumped on it and be willing to pay me back, but mm-hmm. they have more time, so I'm the sole. Well, they driving. also
1: have more more motivation because the the difference between the older and the younger is the younger three favor more after you. Okay, two of the three favor more after you, where it's I want to do this. I'm going to take this on. I'm going to. I'm. I've got this plan, and they just jump it. They're either all in or not in at all, and they have this mentality of whatever it takes to get attain this thing that I want is what I'm going to do, and there's good things about that, and there's bad things about that. Sure. Like Mo is, is perfectionist all the way, and if it's not perfect, it just eats her alive. And we're we're trying to work with that. But the girl has some very admirable goals for her life. And whatever we can do to push that and get her there, I'm on it.
0: Yeah. And we're actually going to get to those lessons I've learned as a father in another episode. <laughs> but you're right. And part of that, I feel like a failure. Because the reflection to me is the me before I changed my life. And the me after I changed my life and the influence that I had on the kids.
1: See, and that's where I think we're at with the older ones. Because the older ones, you missed a lot. And I was there, but I wasn't present. Mm -hmm. I was going through my own depression. I was going through pregnancies. I mean, if you put into a nutshell the time frame that Anissa was born or was being born. You and I had finally hit... Rubber had met the road. Either this is a make-or-break moment for us, and I was Mm -hmm. still pregnant with her. Mm -hmm. Um, That would have been eight kids. We had still had five in diapers at that point. Mm. Mm, I think Ash... Fifteen
0: years ago? I don't think so.
1: Well, no. Ash probably would have been out of them, but we would have had at least four. Maybe, Maybe it was three. Somewhere in there, I know the bottom. Definitely two. No, because the twins didn't potty train until they were two and a half, almost three. I'm saying
0: we definitely had two kids in diapers when she was born.
1: uh, Yeah. Anyway, we we still had all that going on. We had autism diagnoses that were happening at that point because he was eight. Yeah. And that his didn't hit until he was eight. We didn't get his diagnosis till he was eight and a half. We got the triplets' diagnosis, the two that were diagnosed on the spectrum, when they were five. Two and five. So the, the fact so,
0: is, is that they were, the, the older kids were growing up through some of the toughest times in our life and our relationship. That's what I'm saying is yeah.
1: we, we had just discovered all of those things that were going, we were, we were trying to navigate a crap ton of things. And at the same time, you know, we had, the twins were not that old. Sophie had already gone through brain surgery. Mm-hmm. You know, we were in the process of possibly losing our house again. Mm-hmm. You know, we just we had so much going on that I don't think the older ones got the full attention that they needed, mm-hmm. and we were trying to do sports, we were trying to do activities, we just couldn't hold on.
0: Yeah, and we but, did we did some of that for for each of them. We
1: did, but it was like, okay, you get a year, and then they wanted to do it the next year, and we're like, dude, we just can't. We didn't financially, we didn't have it. Time wise, we didn't have it. But, so,
0: but but let me let me push back on that because you did other things for them. That what. What you did for the older girls and their education, no matter what about the extracurricular activities, if I just go back, because I want to push back on this, what you did, I came alongside you when we needed the muscle. What you did from the time that they were going into school, or they wanted to put them into SDC. I hope the kids, the girls, as they get older, look at that and understand. Now, they did the hard work to graduate, like Gracie could have graduated with honors. Hannah graduated A's B's and maybe had a, a C or something. Um, Racy, Ashlyn
1: Gracie tested out of sped.
0: Exactly, and Ashlyn, you know she she lingered behind a little bit. But what you did to fight for their education is an immense accolade, a feather in your cap. Not that you're asking for one, but for as much as we think we weren't present, I disagree. Because we, we, there was a gap, okay, there was a gap, but we started getting things together and we got on the good foot and we changed and we put our focus into our family. (laughs) And because they couldn't do soccer the next year, you still found ways for them to do gymnastics. And then the next year they couldn't do that. And then you found ways for them to do other things. And then you found family trips. What
1: I'm saying though is the difference is my investment in the younger ones now with high school and all the things you are doing and making sure that I'm present for everything that they've got going on and that I'm available for everything that they've got going on and kind of, I mean, the bake sale, all that kind of stuff is very different than what it was when the older ones were little. I couldn't do those things as much for them because I had another group behind them that I had to manage.
0: Well, if we look at the, we're kind of arguing about it now, but if we look at the snapshot in time when they were sophomores and juniors, the younger girl, well the older girls, two of the triplets in Ashland, you did definitely invest your time in them. They didn't necessarily want to do the things these younger girls are doing. They wanted different things and you did invest in that. So don't don't I, there was a gap there when our marriage was on the rocks hell was breaking loose um but our, when our relationship changed we changed and we changed as parents now it's fair to say that some of the quote damage was already done because of what they were had been through and what they had seen and me as an as an intentional father you as an intentional mother and what we did to work through them, obviously there are some things that hang on from the past, but you absolutely invested your time. And, I mean, Gracie came home with a whim that she wanted to be, she wanted to play softball. The, one of the least athletic people we know. So I took the time and I spent the money to invest in her and to do it. And, you know, whatever happened, happened. Um, with Hannah wanting to sing. I mean, you got these kids singing lessons. You did. I don't know how you did all those things. But
1: that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is the difference between the two sets is the older kids, they don't have a direction for what they want to do. They don't have a direction for what, what they want as the next step out of high school. They're all kind of like tossing ideas, but they're not actually motivated enough to do anything yet. Outside of getting a job and making money, they just haven't quite clicked for their goals and where they are. The me and you that they had when they were little created that because we didn't know what we were doing mm-hmm. You know lessons aren't taught they're caught they watch us they see I haven't followed through with what I'm doing for myself in how many years. I haven't finished the book yet. Mm-hmm. We're going on year five mm-hmm. there's There's a lot that they've learned from us by what they've seen in the past, and they still have a lot of the old us in them now. And that's what I'm trying to get at. The younger ones have you and me now. They have the after the shift changed. I mean, Mo was the the centrifuge that started the change. And now here we are 15 years later. So she has gotten a full 15 years of you and me changing who we were. Mm -hmm. The older ones, they had already kind of picked up most of what they were going to pick up. And that's what I'm saying. The difference is between where they are and how they think about their future versus where the younger ones are and how they think about their future. It is so far different that I feel like I did a disservice with the older ones because they just don't know what they want to do. They don't have any ambition beyond, this is a great idea.
0: Well, I object, Your Honor. <laughs> and I do, I agree that during their impressionable years, there was chaos and it was nobody's fault.
1: It was a hell of an impression.
0: There, there, <laughs> it's just nobody's fault. I know. What we were going through. But the amount of time I invested after that to show them what is possible and to offer to come alongside them and help them for years and years. I mean, for the better part of this 15 years, because we've been going through this for minimum of 12 years. So that's the better part of 15 years. Mm. Um and we've been teaching them that it's your choices that dictate the path of your life, so if there's anything, not to say we don't have any responsibility because we're acknowledging that we weren't in the greatest place and we're trying to figure our life out with with chaos going on during those few years. But I think we've done we've bent over backwards to show them that, look, here's the mistakes that that we made. Here's what we're willing to do to pour into you. Here's what we're willing to do to help you grow, and whether they take advantage of that or not is not our responsibility. I believe uh, I believe we have done all we can to kind of make up for that time. Some some of the things of which we had zero control over, because um, we started doing that. Like that's one of the things that Rita taught us to do. So we employed that. And I still carry that through now, with um, our family meetings. Now, are they were those times so impressionable? Because you know how much hell we went through with one of the girls. Mm -hmm. I mean, just—and I'm not talking about health issues. I'm talking about
1: attitude and her issues. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um. So when I look at those, when I look at those particular things, it's like you can either. You can use those situations as a catalyst to change because you've seen it in front of you and it's been offered to you. Or you can allow them to operate as an excuse in your life and to be a victim because of it. And I only know that because of the of what I've had to do with my parents, like internally the work I had to do with my parents because they weren't perfect and no parent really is. And the difference between me and my siblings when it comes to forgiveness and moving forward. Or wanting to hold on to an excuse or blame somebody. Now I would say one of those girls has a very distinct idea of ultimately what she wants to do as a profession. But getting there, she doesn't know what she wants. And that's kind of okay because she's 20. I mean, there are things you need to work out. The younger girls are plotted on a path. They've accepted the lessons that we've given them. Maybe the older girls just haven't forgiven us for some of the disappointments they've gone through, and that's understandable. Uh, talking about that today with a family member, um, you know, just as a dad, how much influence you have on the healing of the wounds of your children, if you will, simply acknowledge, as as we all get older. Um where you weren't perfect and what you wish you could have done better, like I say that I had that in my own life with my own dad so their their apathy um their apathy is not completely our responsibility because they need to make choices to propel their self forward, and in some cases they have, and in some cases they just have not, but they do appear to be less. Responsible, like less mature mm-hmm. than the younger three. Which, what is what is the 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 delay in their maturity? Because it's it's noticeable. Yeah, from the the younger group seem to be more mature and responsible.
1: Well, for one, it's because people did things for her for a really long time. Yeah, and and so she is so. That's the downfall when it comes to sped in my opinion, is sometimes when you have one-on-one aids or when you have certain accommodations made, these kids get so attached to having that Mm -hmm. that when it's time to go out and, you know, uh, Hannah's disability is not as severe as Hunter and Kirsten's, but there are some huge hang-ups for her moving forward. Now, she's at a job, but she's still using the same thought processes she used in high school where you could say well this doesn't work for me i need you to teach it to me like this okay well the world doesn't work that way right education they have to work that way because they need you to pass you need to know the information pass the goal and get through the grade that's all they're meant to do Mm -hmm. but when they get out into the real world those things don't work Mm -hmm. unless you have a boss who really understands where you're coming from and is like you know what This is the beauty with you and I and and seeing how our kids learn so differently. And this is where homeschool helped us is I know Gracie learns hands on. She needs to be shown, walked through the process, repeat it three, four, five times. And if she is physically, tangibly touching it, she's got it. Ash is a very creative person. She likes to look at things in parts and pieces. She could be a computer programmer if she really, really wanted to put the effort. She's really
0: good at putting stuff together, too. She
1: is. She has the mind of an engineer if she wanted to push that. The problem is she doesn't have the um, motivation to go that direction, and that's fine. But we learned early on she likes to put things together. So now even as as a young adult, it's like, hey, we've got this and that that needs to be put together, and we employ her to do it for her involvement. But it's also when she's done, she's got this pride in the sense of accomplishment. Hannah is somebody who is an auditory processor. But that doesn't work when you're trying to teach someone how to give change. Just telling someone you need to give back $1.75 without having the visual going with it and not having that process hammered in so many times that she physically knows exactly what it looks like what it feels like and and how to do it it doesn't work and it sounds silly because it's you know it's giving change everybody should know how to do that by the time they graduate high school but they don't i can't tell you how many times in the last two years i have driven through a drive through and watched some kid on their phone with a calculator figuring out how they're supposed to give me change mm-hmm. that's scary because i remember being in school and if i didn't know how to do it in my head my teacher was on my butt so, yeah. so it's just a little bit that's different. a problem.
0: That's like one of those things with technology. The the better it gets, the dumber we become.
1: But it's like she learned certain things and being able to just say, well, I can't do that and having someone come alongside her and walk through the process or do it for her and just have her verbally answer because that's how she learns. You can't do that in a job.
0: Yeah, well, and then somebody, if somebody has the idea that they understand how to work and communicate with somebody who has autism even as high function as she is hey i'm i'm very proud of her yeah for holding a job very proud and she's got a lot to learn so you hope that the people actually do have grace um for somebody like her not as an excuse or a crutch but just as once you get her set and she feels comfortable and she knows And she won't waver. She'll just be there to work hard for you.
1: Well, and I think the biggest divide for her is the social aspect because she doesn't understand sarcasm. She doesn't understand some of the things that she says. Like yesterday, simple example, there was a car accident in the school parking lot, okay? And there were two cops there. We we were driving past it, and she says, well, if they were trying to hide that, that was silly because everybody can see it. And I was like, try to hide what? What are you talking about? Well, if they were trying to hide that they hit each other, there's two cops right there. It's like, honey, you don't hide a car accident. It's not something that, I mean, hit and run, okay, yeah, that, that qualifies. But this was not somebody trying to hide an accident. Two cars collided and there are police here to make sure no one is injured. This is, I don't understand why you said that. She's like, I don't know, it just seemed like it fit. Okay, that's that's what I'm trying to tell you is when you get someone like her in a work situation, she doesn't have all of those things. Together yet, communication wise, she's just not solid in the maturity level.
0: No, I, if and you're, if you're telling me that, like, I don't understand, no, 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 I'm it, not, ta- I'm,
1: I'm not telling you. I'm,
0: oh, I was gonna but say, but I'm like, I fully understand that, that, but,
1: but that's something she learned in school because whenever she didn't say something properly, there was a speech path or an aide or a teacher that says, no, 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 honey, this is what you meant to say. And then they move on, or they would have a, a conversation in speech, and it's like, Okay, but you don't take into consideration an autistic person, especially a child who's learning when they put them in a speech class. What do you do? How does an autistic person learn? Repetition. So we do the same flashcards, the same conversation, the same sentences over and over again every time we have the session until you meet 80 percent completion. And it's like, but in real life we're not going to repeat the same conversation until you get 80% completion. And she's missing a lot of social cues. Mm -hmm. She's missing a lot of um, thought processes because she's not catching what it is that you want her to do. She hears, go back here and do this. And she gets back there and her brain goes, whoa, I'm here. Now what? It's kind of like
0: a story I heard uh, from the girls last night that she had that little assist cart assister to help her uh cart assistance to help her skate yes and somebody came up to her and was like oh uh, you know however it is i'm i'll be your new friend i want you to learn how to skate without this and so the, the the lady took it and went and skated with it herself and just left hannah there by herself and and i think mo came up and was like where's your deal she goes oh my new friend took it to use it she said she wanted to teach me how to skate without it and yet the lady's nowhere to be found of the girl like, yeah, that's the that's <laughs> the degree that we're talking about. And I, over over the course of time, if they have the patience to work with her, she'll she will be a great employee because she just loves she loves to make, you know, go there and do her thing. To oh, feel she loves like, to help people. That's, yeah,
1: she's awesome. But that's where I'm saying that the maturity level is so different because she she was taught how to be handicapped.
0: Mm hmm
1: rather than taught how to work around her handicap and we tried really hard to kind of balance that but like i said there's some things that i feel were a disservice we didn't know until after the fact you know the other two they're just i think there's so many things they want to do it's kind of like you in the clouds in the beginning it was like "Do do this do this do this do this do this do this And they're, they've got all these wonderful, elaborate plans. Grace has great plans. Absolutely no concept on how any of this is in reality. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, I'm going to go to college in this state. Okay, great. Let me show you what that's going to cost you because you don't have residency. Yeah. You know, or I'm going to go do this for a year in this state, and then I'm going to go to this state for a year, and then I'm going to go do this. And it's like, babe, you're going to kill yourself in loans because you can't sit your ass still in one place and finish your degree Mm -hmm. and here she is i'm not taking out school loans i'm not doing this because i don't want to be in debt when i graduate i i don't i don't i don't understand i mean i do not have an orifice that can make that much cash so i don't know where this is coming from it's,
0: (laughs) it's really funny um, what your face said and what I heard in my head, this is what, you know, aside from what you said. So what I, what I did was this, you, know, can't say
1: that now, you
0: know, don't, um, what I kind of took away from this discussion and, and if you're still listening, I appreciate it. I hope you, I hope you get something from this. This turned into a therapy session. I was going to say, us. welcome to therapy. I don't even say, I don't even see NF anywhere, but this is a therapy session. Um, you know, it's time for us to really redefine what the boundaries are and what it is we're going to do and set those goals. We had a goal, and we accomplished it. We moved to Texas. That's a big goal. That's a big one. Um, you know, but for the new era of our life, we have to put a pin down and say, okay, this is the day we're at least going to talk about it. We don't have to have these boundaries done, but this is, this is what, best of the best, this is what it would be.
1: We're going to have to break it down into conversations of, which boundaries are priority
0: yeah and, and
1: and break it into
0: and really we need to coffee
1: talks i guess
0: we need to do that and then we need to bring it to the show in bite size not in 50 freaking minutes 55 minutes um but we need to break that down and bring it to the show and and see who it can help and then the other thing we got to do is we need to have more future centric discussions when it comes to our family meetings. And I I need to take that on head on. And then I want to talk to the girls about like I did with my brother and we've done with ourselves. Like, okay, what are the, where do you see yourself like this interview question? Where do you see yourself in five years? This is where I wanna be. Okay, well then let's work backwards and see what it will take to get you there. And Are you doing things today that will help you get there? And I need to do that with myself. But we can actually, like to peel back the curtain, we can do that together as a family. I think
1: that would be a huge benefit because I know the ones that are in high school, especially the twins, are like freaking out right now because just like Gracie and Hannah did last year, it seems like freshman, sophomore, and junior year, nobody really talked to them about when you graduate. It was just get your work done get your grades and then senior year crept up and all of a sudden both the girls were going nuts because of the pressure of what are you gonna do when you graduate are you going to college or are you gonna go here what are you gonna do how are you gonna do it and they didn't have any thought process or understanding I mean our last family talk that's why Sophie had her breakdown because that here they start talking to them the beginning of junior year you graduate in two years You need to do your SATs. If you want to go to college, we need to start doing applications. We need to start getting your classes in order. Where do you want to go? What kind of direction do we want to go? Do we want to do vocational so that you can do it to high school and you can get a part-time job while trying to finish out? It's just it's a very different dynamic here, which I appreciate. But then our 16-year-old comes home and just has a complete meltdown over, I need to get a job and I need to start making money like right now. Because I'm not going to be able to buy a car or pay for school or do this. And you guys can't do that for me. So, I I mean, she just took on weight. Mm -hmm. And it was like, whoa, hold on, breathe a second. Where did all this come from? And it's not that we haven't talked to them about their future. I think it's just the pressure is very different now.
0: Yeah, it starts to sink in. So, like, I didn't, just to be very candid, it didn't really sink into me. Until, I was doing the benediction to our graduation ceremony,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I'm like, "Oh crap!" In my head, I'm like, "Oh crap! This is real." And so, that's how long it took for me. Now, I did end up, you know, going and doing my freshman year of college and working and and doing those things. And I, I'm, I don't want to shy away from. I think that pressure for her is good because there are you can't avoid stress, and there's stress that that you need in order to grow. Um but giving them the idea of the management, the time management and the the personal the internal management, I yeah. should say, is what we need to do. We need to do it as a group. Well,
1: that's what I was saying. You looking at the 5-year plan, I think that will be beneficial for those who are currently freaking out because it gives them a roadmap rather than them trying to figure it out on their own and stressing themselves because they think they have an answer, but they're not quite sure. I I think that will help them a lot moving forward.
0: Yeah. I would say the, like the vision board type stuff that we've done until this point, it's all, it's all been in practice because they knew the next year it's like, Oh, I'm just going to be back in school, but Mm -hmm. now it's different now. And and that's kind of just a realization. I'm coming around slow. It's kind of a realization I'm having now is like okay, well, these girls now they can actually see school is coming to a close in about a year's time. Yeah. And so this particular exercise or this vision board means something different. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's good. You you need to be afraid of what you're going to do. I'm afraid, you know. You need to be afraid because um the belief the foundational belief in me and that I've taught our family and, and whether they decide to believe it or not is you were not just you're not just here by accident. You're created for a purpose and that higher calling that you have. You've God's put you here for a reason so that you can have an impact on people's lives. Whether you accept that calling or not is up to you. So now it's time to go. It's not doesn't mean your life is gonna be perfect. Mm-hmm. But it's like Here's the plan, like any good father. Here's a plan I have for you. Let's learn how to walk it out. And, like I always say, there are some things that time and experience, those are the only things that can teach you time and experience. There's no book or discussion that's going to teach you some of these things. You need to have time and you need to have experience doing it and going, oh, I don't know what in the world I'm doing and being able to figure it out. We got to end this episode. It's got to be over. Any takeaways that you have very briefly?
1: Whoa. (laughs) Whoa. You said (laughs) takeaway. Yeah. Don't do that. (laughs) No, I think we just, we have some resets to make. Mm -hmm. Um, We've we've got some, some planning to do, and this is usually that time of year that it happens for us, so.
0: It's fair enough. It's fair enough. Maybe we just, we're distracted and didn't see it coming, but I think it's a great time to do it. And we have to discuss these boundaries. And Lord...
1: um, We We gotta figure out this guilt thing, too.
0: Yeah, what's up with all this guilt, cute diggity dog? Actually, I've begun the process on the the guilt thing and not accepting guilt or shame. I mean, if I'm wrong about something, I'm gonna accept and acknowledge it, and I'm gonna move forward. But I am not going to take the whip of guilt and continue to beat myself with it. Because I've done that for so long. I've done it for too long. I mean, just... Anyway, if we don't stop there, it's gonna keep going. So we have to stop there. She
1: says the monologue.
0: Says the (laughs) monologue. Monologue monologue. Quincy White. (laughs) Um she is Jeannie Moran. I'm Quincy Moran, and this is Man vs. Marriage the Podcast.